This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity, with your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Mareska. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall, joined today by Steve Mareska hey. and Matt Frasaro. Hey, everyone. Today, we're talking about automotive hacking and should we worry? Or maybe alternatively, dude, where's my car? So we, I, I feel like we spent a bunch of time on this topic, uh, or at least maybe debating whether we wanted to or not do the topic. Uh, That'd be a fair, I'd say. Yeah, chatting <laughs> a little bit about, um, you know, the call the, the the modern vehicle, right? The idea of uh, autonomous vehicles, maybe you know, all of the the technology embedded within vehicles, what the risk is to consumers. Uh, to some degree, it's sensationalized. We see things on YouTube about you know stopping high cars while they're driving on highways at 70 miles an hour, right? There's, you get some of that, the, the, Hey, don't buy an autonomous vehicle because you know, you're in for a world of hurt. You know, I think in reality though, the, it's probably a little less severe than that. Right. I, I, like car hacking is not necessarily new. Uh, so let, let's touch on that a little bit. The popular press Forbes had an article last month about car hacking risks to people, you know, likelihood of impact and so on. They're very, broad statements about the future involving ransomware and needing a tow in order to get home because everything is completely disabled. To your point, car hacking is not new. Um, It's just an extension of, you know, using a jimmy stick or a coat hanger to break into a car or jumping a solenoid with a screwdriver to start an engine. It's just the 21st century equivalent. Um, car Car hacking in particular isn't new because, frankly, it's been well researched over the last decade. The difference is that People are now buying cars that are the subject of the attacks that, frankly, were first researched and first published a yeah, long there, time there's ago. Yeah, less, there's less 88 Hondas on the road. <laughs> exactly. Which is probably also a good thing, though. True. So, uh, so you're, it's an interesting point you made, though. So you're right, right? A lot of the attacks that you see are for the purpose of you know, gaining entry to a vehicle or maybe starting a vehicle, right? So it's you know it's it's Bluetooth exploits for some of the key fobs. I, I, you know, they're, they're not life-threatening, you know, put the driver in danger type attacks. Right. They're all centered around access to the vehicle, connectivity, um, showing things on the entertainment system, you know, demonstrating the capability of an attacker to reach all components of a a car. Here's the truth of it. All cars that are modern today are drive by wire and literal wire, like with packets and networks. It's not know, the, the cable attached to the emergency brake anymore. Are there some vehicles that have that? Sure. But these days, if you turn on your wipers or your radio, it's because a packet was sent yep. across the vehicle network to, to do that precise action. Uh, we're in a different realm. And that means that the typical computer security considerations we talk about on a more regular basis apply to our vehicles. Yeah, I, I think the, the attacks were we are concerned about life-threatening results. They happen on a certain class of vehicles too. You know, you may you may be buying a new car this year that has a lot of features in it, but may not be at the level of uh, like a Tesla, for example. Right. Um, and those attacks are different anyway. Most of those are going towards things like the the sensors that it's using, uh, the vi- the the vision it uses to determine if there's a stoplight. Right. So that that's a little bit different than what your car is probably doing. Um, sure, those cars are available, but it's just a different class of vehicle that I'd say most people don't don't uh, drive or can't afford, quite honestly. So, 
you know, how much do we have to think about that though? So I, I, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I can't wait for the truly autonomous vehicle, right? I can just sit there <laughs> and be driven to work, right? And, and I think there's so much good to come out of that space. Uh, you know, I think about you know, older people who might not want to have a license actually then just move forward with an autonomous vehicle so they can actually get driven around. Uh, there's some real benefits to this stuff. Uh, I would advocate, I would argue that the, you know, the risks far outweigh, uh, sorry, the benefits far outweigh the risks. Uh, but there, but there are some probably legitimate risks. These and some things that we need to bear in mind when you're maintaining, you know, essentially computer equipment, right? Right. And manufacturers are thinking about that too. Right. Uh, Tesla in 2015 did the first mass over the air update to its vehicles because of a response to an actual security risk. They're thinking about it. They're trying to protect consumers and maintain their reputations as much as anything else. Uh, I think the more likely impacts for the future include uh, attacks to fleets of vehicles, right. um, extraction of data about whereabouts of vehicles, you know, the sort of metadata of driving and behavior, less about disabling a vehicle remotely. So attack to a fleet of vehicles. Yeah, we're talking about like rental vehicles or, you know, the trucking systems. Yeah, the motor pools uh, that might be out there. Um, Your rental cars, your rental scooters, they're all tracked. They're all controllable remotely. The same sorts of thoughts apply to them. Yeah, disrupting truck routes can mean millions of dollars for a company. And it could be very akin to ransomware where things may not be locked up, but you might have redirected all of their trucks. That's a a big problem for uh, any logistics company, right? Yeah, I mean that, that. So that's an interesting that's an interesting point, right? So again, you know, not intended to be you know, life threatening, which I think a lot of people go down that path. Right? As right. soon as they talk, start talking about vehicles, it's well, how does a driver get impacted? And in reality, I think you're right. It's more is there is there an opportunity here to make money, right? The, the criminal element aspect right. of this. Uh, we saw recently with the pipeline attacks and the meat plant uh, impacts that you know ransomware operators are deliberately staying away from life health safety type of attacks. They're canvassing their victims. Right. The same, in my opinion, will apply to this type of thing. Cars are connected. They are accessible remotely. They are just as robust as any computer system we have on our desks, realistically. Uh, But the actual cost-benefit, profit motive of an attack is really the driving consideration. And mass disruption is rarely an actual goal. Yeah. They're computer systems. Anything you can dream of under the sun is possible. But the actual relative risk is low, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, kind of going back to what Steve was saying as far as the manufacturer working to protect the consumer. Uh, In a different life, Steve and I actually had a glimpse into how some of that process works with uh, how those OSs that run, you know, your entertainment systems and uh, the control systems, they take years and years of development. Uh, it's a very political process, unfortunately, and uh, it, it's not like these things get developed and then pushed out uh, a week later. It's not like your software that you'd be using from, you know, like like Microsoft Word, for example. Right. It doesn't happen that fast. I think that's actually a benefit in this regard. So, yeah. for example, uh, as a result of some of the government-funded research, DARPA-funded on uh, the 2012-2014 timeframe, uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the National Transportation Safety Board, they've published guidelines for automotive manufacturers. Right. There are right. standards that right. they, they align with NIST. Right. They align with NIST. They align with secure development practices and testing procedures. Uh, in our world today, these systems are fairly rigorously tested. That doesn't mean bugs aren't present. Attackers right. will find them. But realistically, 
attention is being paid and that that scrutiny will only increase going forward. Right. Uh, so shifting a little bit, I, w- I think I want to talk about, you know, what can we do as individuals? Because everything we're talking about sounds a lot like unattainable, untouchable components of the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There doesn't feel like there's much we can do. Right. We're yeah. You're, you're going to get that stuff in your car when you buy a new one. Right. And, so and more and more and more. Right. You're talking about these are high price vehicles. The reality is they're getting more consumer based all the time. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Give, give it five years and you'll be able to afford one, just like you can right. afford a. Uh, frankly, a and car I, I think that's <laughs> reasonable to to assume. And yeah. the the high likelihood is that you own a vehicle that has some degree of potential risk. Yep. But. You know, these attacks center around connectivity. Um, be judicious of what Wi-Fi you use, um, what Bluetooth connectivity you have. Don't enable it if you don't need it. Don't pair with unknown devices. These are simple things to keep in mind. Um, don't plug in unknown things to your computer. Don't plug in un- unknown devices to your, your car. It's the same sort of mentality. Patch them if you have the opportunity. If your dealership says you need some sort of a software update that they can't perform remotely, probably want you to come in for a good reason, do so. Um, Ultimately, think about what you're doing, how you interact with your systems uh, in your car, and pay attention. Right. I mean, it's a privacy issue, too, where let's say you're you're selling your car, you're um, trading it in for something. Sure. Make sure you're you're actually doing some diligence or asking your dealership to wipe your uh, entertainment systems. The amount of data that some of those things take off of your phone and store is uh, it's not nice. <laughs> well, yeah, and how many times have you gotten into a rental vehicle only to find the previous renter's right. contacts, data, right? text yeah. messages? You'd be surprised at some of the things that actually get stored on those. Related subject, the, um, the little uh, plug-in devices that insurers will now distribute to lower mm-hmm. your rates, they are information gold mines. And interestingly, they were one of the very first early routes into breaking into cars. Your privacy is at risk when you use those items, uh, and so is potentially the security of your your vehicle. So, if you don't have to use them, perhaps think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, you do. You bring up a really interesting point, though, right? So it's not just a matter of are there security vulnerabilities, right? But you're you're kind of in that data privacy realm in a right. lot of ways, right? You've got you've got contacts. You probably are using GPS for a vehicle, right? So who knows? You know, remote start, start on your phone. I mean, <laughs> all, all kinds of things that you have to be mindful of. And, and, you know, going back to Steve, what you said a little bit around, you know, what steps can you take as, a, as an individual to protect yourself a little bit? Those are really easy ones, right? So updating your vehicle is maybe a little bit more challenging potentially, right? There, they, they might be a, a bit more of a complicated approach there. Deleting though, information from your entertainment system or your GPS or some of these other things, you know, probably isn't so, isn't so difficult, right? And it's definitely reasonable. Um, one other thing, and, and I want to be careful with this a little bit, because I don't know if any of us have answers, but, you know, we, we've seen credit card skimmers at, you know, traditional gasoline pumps, right? One of the things that you said before around, well, don't plug unknown things into your vehicles, the whole model behind an electric vehicle is drive up to some station somewhere and stick a, a charging, you know, a charging nozzle, I guess you call it a nozzle, into your vehicle, right? <laughs> uh, I, I can envision that being a, a perfect, you know, lo, you know, area of compromise potentially. I, I can actually say with actual confidence that that is unlikely to be true. Yeah. Th- those protocols are actually fairly uh, dumb. Like they use resistors. Yeah, right. They're less about 
packets and network connectivity to devices. Thank God, right? Okay. Ultimately. Yeah. So there's most, one place you can trust? Yeah. Yeah. Mo- most manufacturers do do try to separate those types of control planes, if you will. The uh, I'll call it the more intelligent side where you're, you're getting a bunch of information or being or interacting with your car is usually separated from those basic functionality things for that particular reason. Okay. There's a little yeah. peace of mind. But there. I mean, that doesn't mean that it won't eventually happen, though, that those things get connected to the same systems. Right. It's, and again, it's something you can't really control, right? No, I mean, you, 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 you have to keep driving. Uh, right. So you've got to charge where you are. Unless I suppose unless you only do it at home, which you know, isn't practical for most people. Yeah, it's, I'd say the, the biggest things that people have to worry about these days are, are sensors, honestly. I, just a quick anecdote here. Driving to work today, I had an issue with it where my car decided that the car in front of me was too close, even though it was quite a few car lengths away, and put the brakes on for me. Not something I asked it to do. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, I can see how... I'd, I'd say that sensor attacks are probably the thing you'll see before much else because that can actually have a kinetic effect, if you will, on what's going on. <laughs> well, it, it almost it brings yeah. you back you know, to the idea. We, we, and we talked about this in some other podcasts, you know, ignoring information that you're given, right? So we see security yeah. devices overwhelm you with information. My car regularly beeps at me when there's just nothing in there. Right. Yeah, you know, I don't know what it's seen or what it's detected, but so I find now regularly I'll hear it, and I'm pretty slow to react because I think it over alerts me. Yeah, sensor fatigue is a real issue. It's very far afield of our topic today, but it's certainly related right. to the, you know modern uh, enhancements in vehicles. I, I, here's the thing: we love technology. We are technology evangelists. You hear us occasionally getting a bit paranoid, and right. you know I hopefully hopefully healthily paranoid. Uh, use technology judiciously and you can stay safe. That's the message ultimately. And though you may hear about frightening things in the press, uh, it's not likely to affect yeah, us. Yeah, the edge cases largely, yeah. right? No. Uh, but it is interesting because we're going to see more and more vehicles with more technology come out, right, as the years progress. And certainly, I mean, you know, there's a push to the idea of an autonomous vehicle. There's, no, I mean, there's oh, no course, doubt, yeah. and and you know, there's a whole variety of legal things to chat about in that space. I think, but in general, we're seeing right. We're seeing cars that maintain their speed and their distance in traffic today. We're seeing some that will, you know, steer on their own. Idea. They're not going to bring you from point A to point B unattended. But you know, ten years away, maybe. I mean, maybe that feels optimistic a little bit. But we're headed that way, so it's worth yep. starting to think about. Yeah, this it's, a bit it's here to stay. It'll just get more prominent, right? I think I'd like to close with just some things to go take a look at if you're curious in, in other areas. Uh, Matt and I participated in the um, DARPA uh, Cyber Fast Track program now many years ago. And one of our peer researchers in that program uh, were uh, Charlie Miller and Chris uh, Valsek. They did some research in the 2014-2015 timeframe that I think is worth referencing even today. Wired, Scientific American, and Forbes uh, have their material. their videos on YouTube. Go take a peek. It shows you some of what's possible. Okay. Uh, so I think in closing, I'll, I'll say this. the uh, We did debate whether we wanted to do this topic. And <laughs> for me personally, actually, I, I found this one to be one of the more, kind of one of the more fun ones. Right? It felt a little bit, uh, yeah, maybe maybe all over the place, tangential a tiny bit. But, you know, it's an interesting space to cover because we all have to drive. Or maybe that's not so true, but you know, a lot of people have to drive. Uh, we're seeing a real push toward smarter vehicles or more capable vehicles all the time. And I think it is worth spending a little bit of time on 
you know, the, the, the security risks, maybe a little bit the safety risks, the privacy risks for sure. Um, they aren't they aren't the vehicles. They're not my 1989 Jeep, right? Where, right. Uh, where, <laughs> where it's a real basic system. You can, I can practically stand inside the hood in that, right? Uh, they're they're wholly different nowadays. So uh, on that note, you know, as always, if anybody wants to explore this topic a little bit more, you know, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn at Vancord or Twitter, Vancord Security. Uh, Steve and Matt, this was fun. Actually, I'm, I'm enthusiastically now thinking about the podcast ahead with the three of us doing it. So I think this was great and I appreciate you guys joining. Yeah, it's good as always. Thanks. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been Cyber Sound.